0: From the DMZ to the NATO front, this is CRN.
1: Welcome to the Lightning Round. Hello, and welcome to the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. I am your host. <laughs> my day went to hell on a handbasket on Friday. And so Friday is when I normally record my show uh, for Saturday release. And, and And Friday was just a mess. So I didn't have the time I normally do to record the show. And then Saturday was spent uh, at my daughter's college watching the first game of her last season of Collegiate Lacrosse, and Sunday was spent with family. And so now it is Monday, I'm going to be recording my Saturday show today, and immediately release it. And so there you have it. So, we are in episode 163. We are starting week 163 of the illegitimate, fraudulently elected Ding Dong's tyrannical reign. And we have 252 days until the next presidential election. Gold is currently trading at $2,027.93. Silver has dropped back into that $22 range and is currently trading at $22.58 per ounce. Now that that's out of the way, uh, I did a little research, right? So so the Contra Radio Network had a sponsor uh, last fall in uh, Augusta Precious Metals. They paid us to run ads during our shows. Okay, fine. Hey, that's free money as far as I'm concerned. But that got me thinking, and <laughs> ironically, it was like five months later. I'm 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 watching something I don't know something late night TV last Thursday night, and uh, a a commercial came on for Birch Gold Group, and so I got out my phone and I went online and I was reading it and I was like, you know what? It might be a good idea to pull some money from my 401k and put it into a gold or silver IRA. But there was text in there that said I could put the money into that and get my hands on precious metals, gold and silver. So after playing phone tag with these guys and being inundated with emails and text messages, which, ugh, that's just, I mean, they, they they smell a sail in the water and they're like, oh, you know, it might as well be blood in the water at that point. So I finally called the guy up and I said, okay, here's the deal. Here's how much money I've got in my 401k. Here's how much money I want to pull out and get my hands on some, some gold and silver. And his first question was, how old are you? And I said, how old I was? And he said, okay, well, you're not old enough per IRS rules. You have to be 59 and a half years old in order to do what I wanted to do, which is pull money out of my 401k, dump it into gold and silver, precious metals, and get my hands on that so I can sit on that while I wait for the election and the country to implode. That was my plan. I'm not old enough to do it, apparently. So I said, what are some other options? He said, here's the only other two ways that I can do that legally. One is if I get fired or laid off, and two, is if the, country, the company that I work for, that I've been with for uh, going on 15 years almost, uh, is if that con- company uh, changes ownership. So if it gets bought or sold, I can I can then uh, penalty-free pull out some money from my 401k and get my hands on some um, gold and silver. So I gotta bide my time. I can't do it, but I thought I'd share that information with you because a lot of people were uh, incensed is the wrong word, but they were irritated by the, the shilling of, of, of advertisers during the show. They didn't want to listen to it, but some people were curious about it and they were sending emails to John Jeffers and I. Uh, speaking of John Jeffers, I had an hour-long phone call with him last night because he got flagged again on YouTube for something he said, because of their community standards, which basically means he said or did something that offended the uh, <laughs> the very very uh, sensitive left. Um, you know, we, we you can get flagged on YouTube nowadays for making fun of the Alphabet Mafia. You can get flagged for anything discussing uh, the COVID pandemic or the vaccination. Uh, I don't know what he said, but he got flagged again. So we spent an hour on the phone looking at uh, Rumble and Gab and Truth Social to figure out, you know, where's a good place for us to maybe uh, push out the videos of our shows so that uh, people have another... Another avenue to get to our content so uh, he has created a channel on rumble and uh, he has been uh, uploading videos I believe he, he started uploading videos last night um, and and I've actually I started a channel uh, for the Kirchner files and uh, so I'm gonna upload my 25 videos of the Kirchner files to that and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what happens and, uh, and go from there. I'm going to be working on that uh, over the course of the coming days. I've also done a bunch of work on my website recently. And you may or may not have noticed that under, I've moved some menus under, uh, so what were main menu items are now kind of submenus, And so if you go to resources on my website, so if you go to davidjkirchner.com and click on. Or hover over the 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 menu item resources you're gonna see precious metals which I've had forever on there Uh, the new page that I created for all of the gun shows broken down by region that I rattle off during my Kirshner files uh, podcast and I also added a new link in there called seed suppliers and I did that because of a segment in the Kirshner files last week where I noted Uh, somebody's social media post that uh, they gave us six seed suppliers that are not owned by Monsanto. But I have a folder in my browser that had another eight. So I basically I created a web page. So it's kind of like a little clearinghouse. John Jeffers and I also talked about affiliate marketing. Um, You know, and and one of us or both of us has to go through the process of you know, if I want them on my web page, then I have to do it because the link is specific to my website as opposed to John Jeffers in the CRN.Best website where people get a lot of the podcast content. So uh, so we're working on these things uh, right now. We're currently working on getting videos up into Rumble. So maybe that's a, another place for you guys to get some of my content from my two shows. So that's that's my announcements for right now. Um, there's a lot of places that I could go with my show uh, today. We can, uh, we can talk about the border. I've got a robust discussion topic in that. Um, we've got the the deck being stacked against Republicans and everything in favor of the, the, the human Roomba um, to make his administration look better as we come up to the election. But I'm still convinced they're going to yank this Yahoo!, from the ticket, and I wouldn't be surprised if Nikki Haley switches parties and becomes the Democrat presidential nominee because Big Mike doesn't want to do it. And then the other four are unelectable in Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, Killary, and uh, Kennedy. And we know the left hates Kennedy, so they'll never put him up, so he's going to likely have to be uh, uh, an independent on the ticket. Uh, or on the ballot, I should say. But the other three are unelectable in Newsom, Harris, and and Clinton. Nobody wants them. They're, they've destroyed their own careers with their socialist, communist, dictatorial stances. So, who does that leave? That leaves Big Mike, who has disavowed any political uh, leanings. And uh, according to Karl Rove, uh, Big Mike doesn't want anything to do with politics. Is not a political animal and a burial bummer would know that the American people would put two and two together and realize he's going for a fourth term. He had two legitimate terms as president. Now he's running the the potatoes uh, office uh, tenure when he was installed, when they stole the election. And if big Mike were to run, uh, I think people would back away from that ticket because they don't want another Barry Obama uh, presidential term. And the the black vote that they had in their pocket for eight years during Obama's presidency from eight oh eight to 16, uh, they didn't do anything for black people. They didn't do anything for um, the black vote. They didn't help that community in any way, shape, or form during his eight years in office. The only thing he gave us is the Affordable Care Act, which is a disaster. It still remains a disaster to this day. So, what are we going to talk about for that? Well, we're going to talk about the Human Roomba and how they're stacking the deck. I gave you a little tangent on my personal beliefs and opinions, but it's my show and you tuned in to hear me rant. And so there was a little baby rant for you. Uh, what else? Uh, the WHO is out there saying, hey, you know, disease X is coming and it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Well, go figure. We're coming up on another election. So let's shut down the planet again to make sure that the, the guy that we hate, orange man bad, can't get back into the office going to fail miserably. Trump is going to be our next president. I don't care that he was indicted four times and has 91 counts and is facing 350 years in prison and three he's already been fined 350 million dollars. I don't care. I don't care. He did the most for us as a country for four years in spite of all of the rhetoric and backstabbing And collusion and crap that took place during his presidency by every agency in the federal government, including the CIA, to bring him down, to keep him from being elected. And they failed. And they're going to fail again because the American people are sick and tired of Democrats ruining this country. The alphabet mafia cramming their trans rights BS down our throats. We are not having it anymore. The American people are sick of it. I had to take diversity and inclusion training as part of my uh, contractual obligations with the client that I've been assigned to. And you know what? It's a complete waste of time. Not that equity and inclusion aren't uh, important to a civilized society. But the manner in which the material was presented offended me beyond belief. It was, how do you talk to somebody in a wheelchair? What are some do's and don'ts for people that have visual impairments or hearing impairments? What do you do if there's an interpreter insta- with, with somebody that has a hearing loss problem or, or a hearing impairment problem? I don't know, let's think. Um, how about, don't be a jerk? There's an idea. There he goes. That's the entire crux of your diversity and inclusion training. Don't be a jerk. If somebody has an interpreter, don't talk to the interpreter. Talk to the person who's deaf and let the interpreter do their thing while the person who's deaf can possibly be reading your lips in addition to reading the sign language. Or if somebody's blind, how about you don't grab the cane out of their hand and grab their arm and say, here, let me help you ask them for help. Don't be a jerk. It's an idea. What do you know? I can get rid of 90 minutes of wasted time by simply putting out a memo that says, don't be a jerk. Be a helpful human being, which is what? 99% of the people are, but it's that 1% and the alphabet mafia that have us out here stuck in these ridiculous training courses. Have They have companies on their knees begging to be left alone by the Alphabet Mafia because they're enforcing, or or I should say they're forcing companies to do the unthinkable, which is hiring people by the color of their skin, not by their qualifications and their credentials. You can't hire the best qualified person who applied for the job if they're white. You have to hire the second or third or fourth or fifth or twelfth best candidate because you have to account for their sexual orientation. You have to account for their pronouns. You have to account for their skin color. You have to give them a leg up because of their demographics. That's crap. But that's what the Alphabet Mafia and the left are doing to companies and corporations in the private sector. Not to mention the BlackRock-induced ESG scores that my company has taken with open arms. And they're forcing all of their junk on us. I swear, if they didn't pay me a truckload of money to do my job, I'd be out of here. But the economy sucks. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to hold my breath, stomp my feet, and piss and moan until I can find another job where I don't have to put up with this crap. I've been doing it for too long that my pay is too high, so it's difficult to move to another company and justify the expense without giving them some some work history or something. I don't, I don't know what it is, but every time I've sent out feelers, they're like, well... You know, we're really looking for somebody with your years of experience, but can you take a a $30,000 or $40,000 pay cut? No! I'm not going to do that! You're insane! We haven't even gotten to the show yet. And I'm already on tangent number three. I've spent 16 minutes railing against society. (laughs) Welcome to the Dave Kirshner lightning round! (sighs) Alright, let's get into it. So, first things first. (laughs) I've got a bunch of things, and I'm. I'm, 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 uh, uh, Anyway, first things first. (laughs) An Arizona prosecutor has told New York City DA Alvin Bragg to kick rocks, pound sand, get to step in, beat it. We're not giving you. This violent suspect. We are not going to extradite this prisoner back to New York City, so you can let him back out on the street. Apparently, this illegal immigrant, Rod al is accused of murdering a sex worker in New York and stabbing two women in Arizona. And the Arizona prosecutor is firing back at Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg after refusing to extradite an accused murderer over concerns about the city's soft-on-crime policies. Well, it's about time, don't you think? How many more American citizens have to be killed, raped, carjacked, mugged, shot, stabbed by illegal immigrants in these sanctuary cities before somebody in a state that's got their head screwed on straight says, no, we're good, we're keeping them here because you people suck. Your laws don't exist. You're picking and choosing. You're in bed with George Soros and his open borders, lax policy, lax policing policies. No, we're not giving them to you. Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell said she won't, extradite a, won't extradite a career chem, criminal, 26-year-old Rod Almansori, who was wanted in New York for the alleged killing of a sex worker. She's quoted as saying, I'm putting the victims first and making sure that he stays in custody. And again, this is not casting aspersions on the NYPD. But it was just a couple of weeks ago that some of the illegal immigrants that were in New York City who beat up police officers were let go. They were flipping the camera off as they walked out of jail, and guess where they ended up? Four of them ended up in Maricopa County, and they had to be taken into custody here. I don't want that to happen. I don't want this individual getting out and be able to victimize more people. Good! Good for Mitchell, Maricopa County attorney Rachel Mitchell. Good for her. I'm glad that somebody's calling out these sanctuary cities for their lack of criminal charges. For their inability to keep people in custody. They give them a desk summons and a small fine if that And then they let him go. Good for Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. I'm glad somebody finally had the guts to say it. And actually do it. The American people are sick and tired of the illegal immigrants. Whether it's 10 or 11 million or the Yale study that said 22 million. The American people are sick of it. And I've got a follow up for you to a topic that we discussed last week about the census data. So here's that video.
0: In the latest U.S. Census data shows more New Yorkers are moving out than anywhere else in the entire country. The new U.S. Census Bureau report showing the Empire State lost more than 100,000 people between July this year and the last. One of eight states which saw their populations fall this year behind New York or other Democrat-run states, California, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, two Republican-led states, Texas and Florida, saw the largest population growth, followed by North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina.
1: So if you didn't see the video, they put a graphic up on the screen, and it basically shows the number of people that have moved out of these blue states, these sanctuary states and cities, and they told you where they went. But for those that couldn't see the screen, There were 101,984 people that left the state of New York in 2023 alone. That's just last year. That doesn't count for all the people that left as a result of the summer of love, that left as a result of socialist policies out in California and Oregon. New York is in there, Pennsylvania. Uh, 10,000 people left Pennsylvania 4,000 people left West Virginia. I'm rounding at this point. 33,000 people left Illinois. 75,500 people left California. 6,000 people left Oregon. Where did they all go? Well, they went to Utah, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. That's where they all went. But you know what states didn't get additional districts, and additional members of the House of Representatives? Anybody from those states! Because the federal government, under the direction of the potato, has buried the census data. So the idiots that are in these blue states, running their governments and becoming members of Congress in the House of Representatives... They didn't lose their seats. They didn't lose any districts because they buried the census data. Now we've got a video showing us just what happened in 2023. The House of Representatives, each member represents about 700,000 people, roughly. And they've had more than that leave these blue states of Illinois, New York, Oregon, California, they didn't lose any seats. But the red states didn't gain any seats. This is kind of going back to what I talked about last week when I showed you or had you uh, listen to the video interview between Van Doon and um, uh, Huckabee. It's crazy they need to be doing the census not every 10 years. They need to do it every five years because they should be penalizing these blue states for their socialist, communist practices and policies when it comes to crime, when it comes to taxation. It is ridiculous. The people are fleeing these states. And I pray to God that they remember why they left these states. It's because of their policies on crime. It's because of their policies that they've enacted for increased taxation. Do not go and move from your blue state hellhole to a red state paradise and screw up the politics there by voting like you're still in California. Don't do that. You left California, New York, Illinois, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. You left these blue state, sanctuary city, hellholes for a reason. Don't take your politics with you. For the love of God, do not do that. I got more. And here's another video. Former ICE director Thomas Homan is uh, testifying before Congress. And he's laying out the case. You'll see in the video, he lays it out. He's like, look, I've worked for six presidents all the way up through Donald Trump. Six presidents. This dude has been around. And he goes on, he, he lays it out. He's very blunt about it. He says, all of these presidents that I served through six different administrations, took some steps, even Barry Obama took some steps to try and secure the border, to make it harder to cross our border illegally. Until the human Roomba gets into office and has done the exact opposite. He has gone out of his way to take steps to un- secure our border. As if we needed to be told this information by anyone. It's plain as day. You can just look everywhere you go. In every major city, there are planes arriving with undocumented illegal immigrants who were simply waved through the TSA checkpoint. They didn't even have to get x-rayed. They didn't take the shoes off. They didn't take off their belt. Nothing. It was, oh, you can go around that machine and come on, and we're going to walk you down to your gate and put you on a plane. The federal government is flying these people all over the country.
2: I started my career in, in immigration enforcement in 1984 as a patrol agent. I've worked for six presidents up to Donald Trump. Every president I've ever worked for took some steps to secure the border because they understood you can't have national, strong national security if you don't have border security. And even President Obama gave me the presidential rank award, highest award available, because what was I doing at the time? I was, I was locating and deporting people in the country illegally. But President Biden is the first president in the history of this nation that I know of who came in office and unsecured a border on purpose. So we went from the most secure border of my lifetime, and it's not my, just my opinion. I've done this for 34 years. Anybody can go to CBP.gov and look at the data. And within months, we went from the most secure border to historic Illegal immigration, numbers you have never seen before. And it's not because it's seasonal, it's not because of climate change, it's not because of Trump. This is by design. It's a shell game. They move thousands to the port of entry so they can claim less illegal entries between the port of entries. But it's failed. Because November to December, we saw record amounts of crossings on the border. Over 300,000. They're coming and staying because of Biden's premises. 1.9 million gotaways. That statement alone... To convince anybody on either side, 1.9 million gotaways, the border is not secure. It's ridiculous to claim so.
1: What I don't understand, and I've seen video evidence of this, right before they cross our border illegally, they're ditching all of their documentation, whether it's a passport from a foreign country, driver's licenses, uh, national IDs, Why are we not going and picking them all up and scanning them in and getting facial recognition information from the IDs that they have left purposefully at the border so that they cannot be identified when caught by Customs and Border Patrol agents, Texas National Guard, whomever? Why are we not collecting these IDs and getting them input into a system. I work in IT. You can scan those documents, those IDs, those passports. They've got barcodes. The pictures alone will give you the basis for facial recognition software. For the people that we catch, we should be at least getting biographical details in terms of Pictures for facial recognition software, and genetic material. Blood draws, scraping under the fingernails, something. We should be getting genetic material from every single one of these people. So that when a crime is committed, we know who did it. When we're looking at surveillance cameras uh, and, and the video archives and CCTV, whether it's stoplight cameras, toll booth cameras, cameras on light poles, in every major city in the country that has accepted federal money, they have had to install cameras at the top of the pole or on the arm where traffic and pedestrians cross underneath or nearby. They insisted on that because of the Patriot Act. I took a trip down a road that had just been uh, built in northeast Columbus. Basically, from my employer's office in the middle of frickin' nowhere, they're saving money by putting their office in another county so that Columbus can't tax them into oblivion with all of our salaries. Anywho, I went down a road because there's a lot of new development there, there's a big mall, the whole thing. I drove down a road and that road was four and a quarter miles long from, uh, whatever that road is back down to the, uh, the outer loop. It's four and a quarter miles. I went through 27 stoplights and every single one of them had a camera on it. And I went through every one of them, giving them the bird. Suck it. I don't Uh uh-uh, they got my license plate, they know who I am, they know what my criminal record looks like, which is zero, they know that I have a concealed carry, simply by looking at my license plate, they basically have all of my, my jacket, my record, whatever you want to call it, all of my parking, uh, not parking tickets, but, uh, speeding tickets, which I haven't gotten one in over a dozen years, so, knock, 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 knock on wood, I haven't gotten a ticket in a long time, so there's nothing on my driving record. They would have to do a dedicated search to go find out everything they wanted to know about me. But the point is, 27 cameras, and they weren't all on traffic lights. Some of them were on buildings. I was literally counting them. People had security cameras on the outside of the buildings, watching the front door, watching the back door, watching the loading docks. Anything that I could see from this road, I counted. 27. In four and a quarter miles that's nothing compared to the amount of cameras the sheer volume and number of cameras that have been installed in new york city for good reason boston for good reason because terrorists seem to like those two cities but also in dc where there's been aside from the the supposedly the plane hitting the pentagon there's been no terrorist activity, unless you count the criminals in the Capitol. But they've got cameras everywhere. You can't go anywhere in D.C. and not get videoed. That's how they call a lot of the January 6ers Speaking of January 6th, I saw an article. They said that the, uh, the, the FBI had over 200 people. As either informants or plainclothes uh, agents in the crowd storming the Capitol. And some of them were the ones that were inciting the crowd to commit more violence. 200 plus. That's crazy talk. Anyway, we're still talking about the border. So here you heard Thomas Homan. He's telling you what? Biden has taken every step and every precaution known to man to unsecure our border. Why? It's because of the electorate. They need votes. They need congressional districts. They need illegals voting in November to keep these criminals in power. That's why, if I'm lying, I'm dying. And then we've also got, here's an idea. What happens if Texas has said, "Namas, we've had enough, we're leaving the union and they secede. Here's a video of what that might look like, just from a facts and figures kind of standpoint.
0: What if Texas drifted apart from the United States and became an independent nation? Without Texas, the USA would lose approximately 7% of its land and 8.8% of its population. With a land area of 268,597 square miles, Texas would rank as the 39th largest country globally, surpassing the sizes of France and Germany, though smaller than others like Argentina and Kazakhstan. Its population of around 29 million would make it the 50th most populated country in the world, just behind Nepal. Talking about its economy, Texas boasts a substantial GDP of $2.3 trillion, securing its position as the second largest in the United States and the 10th largest globally, just behind Italy and outpacing the likes of Brazil and Canada. Finally, with over 175,000 active military personnel, an independent Texas would emerge as a global superpower, significantly altering the geopolitical landscape and would be considered a sizable nation.
1: So that's just... What's in the state? From dollars and cents, military hardware, active duty personnel, population. That doesn't account for the number of people in the United States that would want to flood into that country of Texas. To get the hell out of California, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, New York, Massachusetts, D.C., Maryland, Northern Virginia, how many people are stuck in these blue state, blue state, blue city enclave hell holes that would say, I'm moving to Texas. And when they said it, it'd be like saying, I'm moving to Costa Rica. It's another country. But here's something fun. I'm not going to play the video because it's, to me, the, the video is a little sketch. But I have to present this information to my listeners and my viewers and my fans. There are videos surfacing out there now that say that there are UN emblazoned vehicles in the United States. Alvin, Texas is one of the places that they rang that bell. And they're saying that there are UN troops and vehicles in Texas already. I don't know if any of that is true. I could just be spreading fear. I don't know. But this is the kind of stuff that I find on the Internet. Now, is the Internet always true and factual? No! It never has been, but it was a video that somebody had cobbled together from a variety of different sources, different people that were putting this information online. And it is, uh, let's see, where did they say? uh, Oh, the first one was uh, people that were monitoring the airport. And people that were monitoring the docks in Maryland, and they saw UN people coming in. They had UN patches, they had vehicles, and they had trains that were full of vehicles. They have uh, warehouse facilities with large uh, secured parking areas. I don't know, but you know what? That sounds like something the potato would do. Because he's so infuriated that Texas is standing in his way from 100% open borders. He's furious that Governor Abbott has thumbed his nose at the Human Roomba's administration and said, if you're not going to secure the border, we will. And we're kicking all of your Customs and Border Patrol agents out of the area. Biden is incensed. But the good news is by the afternoon when he starts to sundown, he'll forget all about it. So go team. But that's not it. I'm not done with the border yet because I found an article. And the article is titled, Biden's secret border deal with Mexico could leave the border open for years. And the article reads, Mexico and the United States will hold presidential elections within the same calendar year for the first time in more than two decades. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador's willingness to crack down on migrant crossings may have more to do with securing an election victory for U.S. President Joe Biden and his own ruling, Marina Political Party, than securing the border. A temporary pause in migration designed to ensure a November win for the Democrats in the United States and a June win for Morena Party candidate Claudia Scheinbaum who could keep the border wide open for years to come. The two presidents of these two countries are in cahoots. Mexico says, we'll do you a solid, Joe. We'll stop people from coming up in the months leading up to the election so that you can score political points with your potential constituency. And then the minute you win... We'll release everybody that we're holding and remove any restrictions of travel that we might have. And we will resume the flooding of your border. That is what this article is talking about. I am not making this stuff up. This is a really long segment about all of the crap that the human Roomba is doing to destroy this country, change the electorate, open the border, and... Force Americans to choose a side. Do you leave the country that you were born into, that you were raised to love? Or do you fight back? And I think a lot of people are getting to the point where they're ready to start fighting back. I told you weeks ago about a guy that was at uh, kind of a, a town hall style forum. During the Q&A session, he was like, look, this isn't tongue-in-cheek. I'm not making a joke. This stuff is getting out of control. When do we get to use the guns? Was the question. And nobody was laughing because they wanted to know the answer too. We're getting to that point, folks, where the, the, the reserve that people on the right have held in terms of not fighting back not getting violent that reserve is running dang near on empty i am not going to be surprised when shots get fired because it's been coming and building since the Barry Obama administration when he basically said anybody that doesn't have uh the right color skin, is an an avowed racist. This country is systemically racist. He put in that divide and he created the culture war because he was trying to win a re-election in 2012. We've been fighting a culture war for going on 12 years now. And it started with Barry Obama trying to retain power. That is the God's honest truth. And there's something else. I had another article. Um, oh, talking about stacking the deck and trying to help the Democrats in November. The Department of Justice doesn't have anything to do with the border, but goes to the side uh, topic or, or the side um, uh, rant about trying to help the idiot get reelected. Which I firmly believe they're gonna pull him from the ticket come May to May to August, somewhere in that summertime window. And they're gonna they're gonna either try and convert Nikki Haley to a Democrat or they're gonna do their darnest to try and get some Democrat governor that the country doesn't already hate to run for president. They're not gonna put up Kennedy. Newsom's unelectable, Harris is unelectable, Clinton's unelectable Big Mike doesn't want to run, so they got to find somebody, somebody that hasn't screwed their political career up with leftist policies. That's the person they're going to put up for the Democratic National um, uh, Committee uh, endorsement. But going to this stack in the deck to help the idiot get over the finish line and get a second term, um, the Department of Justice has backed down from a fraud case against the Democratic mega donor. And Dish CEO uh, Charlie Ergen. The article says there are two tiers of justice in this country one for establishment elites and another for anyone who dares to stand in their way or oppose their control and power. FCC insiders are raising concerns over the Justice Department's sudden push to settle a multi billion dollar fraud lawsuit against Democratic mega donor Charlie Ergen's Dish Network and the extreme left-wing Black Rock just before they were set to be deposed. So instead of deposing these criminal acts and getting to the bottom of their fraud, the Department of Justice says, no, not necessarily. We're going to settle with these two. They're going to pay a fine. They're going to avoid jail time, and the American public aren't going to know anything about it. Last year, Elon Musk tweeted that the Dish Network CEO and major political donor, Charlie Ergen, is trying to steal the wireless internet through his lobbying. He previously accused Ergen of engaging in sneaky moves at the FCC. Musk was criticizing Ergen's failed lobbying and lawfare efforts to have the government punish SpaceX, who was competing for Spectrum. A senior FCC official told Breitbart News he is raising alarm bells over what he calls a suspicious reversal by the Justice Department to protect Ergen as well as executives at BlackRock to prevent them from testifying about allegedly fraudulent conduct in a wireless auction. Under FCC regulations, the agency grants discounted bidding credits to small businesses called designated entities in wireless spectrum auctions. In 2015, Dish Networks, hardly a small business with a valuation of over $25 billion, was backing with backing from BlackRock Finance, Northstar Wireless, and SRN Wireless, who went on to win the auctions describing themselves as very small businesses. There's nothing about BlackRock or the Dish Network that is a small business, and anybody associated with them is not either, is the point of that little paragraph. These credits were worth $3.3 billion and pushed out legitimate smaller businesses out of the auction. North Star and SNR disclosed they received financing from Dish but claimed to have acted independently. After the FCC further reviewed the arrangements, then-Chairman Ajit Pai determined Dish and its shell bidders want this spectrum at a taxpayer-funded discount. And Dish had no de facto control over the companies and denied the credits. But they're not going to be charged with any of this because they can't have one of their biggest donors. Facing fraud charges from the DOJ. They can't have that well, that cash cow dry up coming into the 2024 presidential election, along with all of the members of the House and a third of the Senate. We can't have that. So we're going to hush, hush, sweep that under the rug. But that's not it. That's not all. We're not done. The IRS previously had announced that any transaction over $600 on Venmo and PayPal would be subject to taxation. Talk about stacking the deck. The IRS has now announced that they're pausing that rule until after the 2024 election. Why, you may ask? Because... If people started getting tax bills from Venmo, PayPal, or the IRS for transactions over $600 in an election year when the economy is already in the toilet, there's no way that suburban moms that put this idiot in the White House in the first place, Thank you, suburban white women and your pearl-clutching feminist wiles. They gave us this idiot, and we're all suffering for it. But if they got tax bills for anything that occurred on their Venmo or PayPal accounts in terms of transactions over $600, and they got taxed for it, That would add insult to injury for the last three years of high interest rates, inflation, high food bills, energy bills. Now you're gonna have to fork over whatever your tax rate is for your state maybe, for your, or maybe your federal income tax bracket for any transaction. If you sold a couch on PayPal or Venmo for $700, you got to pay tax on that now. But no, the IRS, noting that it's an election year, noting the dismal approval ratings of the human Roomba and his Build Back Better Broke plan, decided not to implement that rule and tax anybody for over $600 in transactions. Because they can't have the white suburban moms and their pearl clutching get upset in an election year. Ah, It's off the rails! We're talking about two-tier justice systems. We're talking about open borders. We're talking about favors being given and received from two countries' presidents about the border. We're talking about All of the steps the idiot did to unsecure our border and undo everything the past six administrations have done. We're making sure that we cover the topics about the census and how the blue states didn't lose any seats in the House of Representatives. And we're talking about how the red states didn't gain any seats because they took the census and threw it out the window. Ah, Pay no attention to that! You know why we can't use that census? Because a racist, orange man in the White House dared to ask if you were an illegal immigrant. That's why they took that whole thing and boom, chucked it. I got issues. (laughs) Oh. Where are we going to go from here, Dave? I don't know. I might go get some lunch and come back and finish recording. (laughs) Moving on. All right, so um, I mentioned in passing in the previous segment about the WHO, and they were saying it's a matter of when, not if, and as if we needed to read between the lines because it's an election year. Of course, they're going to try and shut down the planet again to make sure that Trump is not in the White House. But I thought I'd at least tell you what it said. It says, uh, here it comes. The World Health Organization, or WHO, made yet another warning of an impending disease X outbreak with Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus telling world leaders it is a matter of when, not if, At the World Government Summit held in Dubai uh, uh, from February 12th to 14th, Gabriel Saisas told attendees his previous predictions came to fruition in the form of the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. Now the WHO director believes a new pandemic for which the international community is ill-prepared is on the horizon. Renewing urgent calls for a global pandemic treaty to be agreed upon by May. That treaty would allow the WHO to basically take over all of the sovereign nations that signed on to the treaty, including the United States. But we have yet to sign it, but Biden, the human Roomba, has indicated that that is in fact his intent. Republican lawmakers, of course, are saying, don't you dare sign that because we are not allowing any non-elected non-U.S. government entity or office or uh, department of anything to take over our country to tell us what we have to do if, in fact, there is another global pandemic. But, of course, now that they've predicted disease X is a matter of when, not if. Oh, it's an election year. How about you think it comes out in, I don't know, September, October. That's the October surprise, baby. Because they're going to surprise us already when they pull Biden from the ticket. And either they vote for uh, uh, Big Mike to have the, the Democratic nomination. Or they convince Nikki Haley to become a centrist Democrat and go against Trump. In which case... She'll lose all of these caucuses and primaries where she has already gone up head-to-head with the Trumpster. She's lost. Super Tuesday's coming up. She's going to lose again. They've already predicted it. It's... (sighs) They are not going to take over this country in a power grab and called it mission critical for humanity. That's what uh, Gabriasis Dismissed suspicions of the treaty being a WHO power grab and called it mission critical for humanity. No, it's not. There's nothing that that entity can do in 160 plus countries except say, we think you ought to do X, Y, or Z. It's up to the governments to implement it. There's no reason for this treaty. It's ridiculous. It is 100% a power grab because there were too many malcontents, free thinkers, independent thinkers that questioned the virus, questioned the vaccines, and they came out on top being 100% correct, but they vilified them all across the planet because it went counter to their desires to implement the World Economic Forum Global Reset Program, which also goes hand in hand with a bunch of crap coming out of the United Nations. There were too many of us that said, "Uh uh-uh, not on my watch. I question that. Oh, you mean it didn't escape from a a lab facility in Wuhan, China, and you're going to shut down my Twitter account, my Facebook feed, my Instagram, my TikTok, if I said anything disparaging about the origins of the coronavirus, which we now have learned is true. The WHO treaty would prohibit all of that disinformation. Meanwhile, they're shutting down and silencing all of the scientists who have clinical research background, to come out and say anything counter to their narrative. No, that's not how science works. So, pound sand, kick rocks, get to step in. Not going to do it. The article went on. Today, I stand before you in the aftermath of COVID-19 with millions of dead people. Well, who freaking killed them? most of those are dead because of the vaccine with millions of dead people with social social economic and political shocks that reverberate to this day the health official said to the attendees which included world economic forum chairman klaus schwab he added that while some progress has been made like improvements in surveillance go figure new zealand and england And Australia were great with the surveillance aspect of it, so was China. We've had improvements in surveillance, the pandemic fund, building capabilities, and vaccine production. The world is not prepared for another pandemic. Gabriasis, a former Ethiopian minister of health, went on to warn that the painful lessons we learned are in danger of being forgotten as attention turns to many other crises confronting the world. I'm so glad he made this announcement in front of Klaus Schwab, who's already told us that the biggest fear we have to face going forward is a cyber attack on our electrical grids. It's going to be a double whammy. They're going to shut down the planet with another disease X plan, uh, planned pandemic. And then when we're all at home... Unable to navigate our roads and travel freely. They shut down the power grid. Boom, boom. Double whammy. Win, win. That's where we're headed. That's what it looks like. That's how I'm reading the tea leaves, folks. Uh, One last thing. RNC chairwoman. Chairman. Chairman. Ronna McDaniel is going to resign after Super Tuesday this week. Apparently, she even traveled to Mar-a-Lago and met with President Trump. And the two of them get along great. They're friends, according to the article. But there are many in the Republican Party who think that she's too cozy with the establishment, with the rhinos, with the anti-Trumpers. So Trump, as the most likely candidate to receive the Republican nod for president, is allowed to make these changes or request for these changes, and he has done so. And he has proposed that North Carolina GOP chair Michael Watley take over as chairman of the Republican National Committee. While his daughter-in-law, Laura, And campaign senior advisor Chris LaCavita received leadership positions. They've been pretty active and pretty vocal on the political scene. I get it why he would would want these three. Um, But I think a large part of this has to do with what I just said, which is people on the right feel that she was purposely putting up candidates or endorsing candidates that were, uh, less MAGA and more establishment. The people that she was putting up were people that were likely going to become career politicians, insider traders, inside traders, like, uh, like Botox Pelosi and many, many others. So Trump, exerted his rights as the presumptive nominee for president and asked for changes at the RNC to which she has agreed. She, she won multiple two year stints uh, of, of reelection. She did. I, I think she did a somewhat decent job, but because of all of the Rhino establishment anti-Trumper, vocalizations during Trump's four years in office, she was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I, I do actually feel for her. But I think that she's she served her time uh, in that seat as the chair of the RNC. Uh, I think she did so by and large admirably. But we're going to get, looks like, a new, um, I'm sorry, the Super Tuesday. after the She's going to resign after the March 5th Super Tuesday primaries. Um, So, what is that? No, that is next week. So, yeah, I guess I was... I thought it was this week, but I was wrong. Anyway, so we're going to have a new RNC chair. I don't know if that means anything to any of you uh, out there. I know that because of my past political donations, I have been inundated with robocalls and text messages from every candidate it seems across the country asking for uh small dollar donations for their uh their senate run or their house run in idaho and montana the florida and texas and i mean everywhere in between in between um i wish i could get off this list but i think i'm stuck on it so There you have it. Okay, now I'm done for the day. (laughs) I'm going to be recording another one of these episodes for the normal weekend distribution on Saturday. Uh, I apologize. This one's two days late. Uh, But, you know, life got in the way. So that's what happens. So uh, this has been episode 163. We're kicking off week 163 of the illegitimate, fraudulent, elected, ding-dongs, tyrannical reign. And as of today, we have 252 days until the next presidential election. Oh, and we've got another spy balloon in the the Rockies right now. Yay, Team America! We have another spy balloon. Almost a year to the day from the last one that we had from China that the idiot let float on the jet stream from Alaska. Through Western Canada, across the bulk of the United States, before the idiot decided to shoot it down over the Atlantic, thus hampering recovery efforts. They have not decided if they're going to shoot it down over land this time. The whole reason they didn't shoot it down last time is population. You could have found a place in Montana to shoot it down, or Nebraska, or Kansas. You could have shot it down anywhere. But no! We're going to let that balloon continue to take surveillance photos and communicate back to servers in China. But the article I read said we disabled its ability to communicate back to China. I don't believe that for one stinking second. I don't trust a single word coming out of this administration, especially when it comes to foreign adversary surveillance efforts with a slow-moving balloon at 30 40 50,000 feet. That is ridiculous. Shoot it down. You know whether or not you're overpopulated airspace. Shoot it down. But no. I got oh look, people. I must shake their hand. Oh, wait. It's the dead president of France, Francois Mitterrand. Oh, happy to meet you. The idiot. Ugh, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy, get rid of this guy! Joe Biden should be brought up on elder abuse! Alright folks, I hope you have a better week than my show indicated I'm gonna have. (laughs) So be good, stay safe, keep your head on a swivel. I'm out.
0: Happy Hunger Games and May the odds be ever in your favour.